0: Welcome to Two Old Bulls, my name is Tom and I'm joined by my partner Paul. Together we have 75 years of combined sales and management experience. On Two Old Bulls, Paul and I will interview a variety of guests from all types of backgrounds. Our goal is to entertain, inform, and help you grow in whatever you do. So welcome to Two Old Bulls, now let's get started.
1: Hey, Paul, how's it going this morning? Tommy, it was a good week, buddy. A good week, can't complain about anything. How about you?
0: Oh, it's great. You know, Saturday morning, uh, it's been a great week, too. You know, my wife, my uh, rather my rather uh, mother had surgery, went well, you know all that. But yeah, things are great. Hey, uh, I'm fired up about the the guest today. I've known this gentleman a long time. I might have, I, maybe I had hair when I met him. I don't remember. Some hair. But Uh, you know, we go way back and I'm excited about this guest, Paul, I think you're going to love him. The the neat thing about this podcast, I mean, personally is I love Paul Baco and I love me some, this next guy. And I'll tell you here in a minute, and you guys get to meet each other and that's pretty cool, right? So the networking element of this, uh, if it wasn't for this, then you two would have never met. I'm pretty confident, you know, we had, uh, Bill Clement on, I would have never met him. Uh, so Dwayne Johnson. And so there's just some neat elements about this. Plus I think we'll be able to talk about this with our kids or grandkids. When we're dead, they can pull this up and say, wow, that guy sounds weird. Uh, that's my grandpa or whatever. So this gentleman, maybe one of the smartest guys I know, literally, I mean, he's very, very humble, but, he is brilliant, smart, just a lot of wealth of knowledge. Husband, dad, grandpa, they call him Batman, pastor for 23 years, business owner for 17 years, degree in history from Southwestern Oklahoma State University, master's degree from Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary, home health administrator, winner of Torch Award for Business Integrity, winner of Oklahoma Caring Award winner of National Outstanding Multiple Franchise Owner for Visiting Angels, authored eight books, co-authored four books, created uh, two apps on the App Store, currently owns three Visiting Angel franchises, Tulsa, Bartlesville, Southwest Oklahoma City. So this gentleman's name is Paige Cole. So, Paige, welcome to Two Old Bulls.
2: I'm glad to be here. Good to be up on Saturday morning and uh Good to make a new friend, Paul. Good
1: to meet you today. Paige, nice meeting you, and I am really looking forward to uh, our little talk here and, and hearing more about you. I'm, we're
0: I'm, going to we're I'm gonna sorry. dive right into this. Uh, I got a copy of the book. It's uh, called Rhino for Dinner. So uh, I'll be honest, I read about 75% of it, and uh, I am pretty excited to go through this, Paige. Let's start by saying what inspired you to write this book.
2: You know, I, uh, I actually just, uh, finished this not very long ago, but this is the project that I spent the most time on published this one in 2021. Uh, I started on it, uh, in about 2005, I think I'm trying to remember how long ago it was. Um, I was on staff at first Baptist in Owasso, uh, and, and, uh, I think it must have been earlier than that because I started going to a weekly lunch with one of our custodians, a part time custodian, a high school student, but he felt like he was called to the ministry. And so I started going to lunch with him once a week and just talking about the practical stuff in ministry. And he'd just grill me with questions. And, um, you know, I've I graduated with a big fancy degree from seminary, but felt like a lot of the important stuff that you needed to know in ministry. It, just didn't get covered in seminary Um, you know i knew how to write a lesson plan i knew stuff about uh, uh, church uh, administration and sunday school curriculum and a little bit about languages and some of the books of the bible and but uh, I, i just thought man we we send a lot of people out into ministry and we we may not have prepared them for this journey. Sometimes they might end up in a church with people like Tom Sanders in their flock, and they might need a little bit of help and guidance on that.
1: they need a yeah. lot of...
0: <laughs> yeah, that's a challenge. I remember back in the day, Paige was my Sunday school teacher, and I'd go up to him after class. I'm like, I'd ask him all these wild questions. He's like, Tom... They were good questions. They were but he he always looked at me and said, get a file, go to Walmart, get you a file, put that question in a file. and hey, when you get up to heaven, you can ask Jesus because I have no idea. <laughs> I mean, it was actually cool. But then he would say, but I have my opinion on it. And then we would talk. I mean, we'd get into drinking and we'd get into all these other topics. And Paige is just awesome in that regard. And what I like about you, Paige, you're very practical. Uh, you're not going to beat me over the head with the Bible. You're a real guy. Uh, So I love that about you. Now you told me that it's not all about churches. This is going to be applied to business. And I totally agree. So when I look at the first part of this book, I think about uh, maybe young people or somebody new in a role. And this is common, right? They get into a job, or oh, set the world on fire. I'm the new guy. I'm the VP or I'm the whatever my title is. And I'm going to show everybody how smart I am. Talk, talk about that page. Yeah. Um, you know, the,
2: the book is is uh, a weird title. It's, it's Rhino for Dinner. Let me let me explain about that. Uh, G.K. Chesterton was a theologian back in the Uh, late 1800s, early 1900s in England. And he said this, he said, if a rhinoceros were to enter this restaurant, he was out to eat at the time. If a rhinoceros were to enter this restaurant now, there's no denying he would have great power here, but I should be the first to rise and assure him that he had no authority whatsoever. What I found being out in the church world, and then later on as I started my own business in the business world, that there are a lot of people, some of them young, some older, but they're put into positions of power. They're given a title, given an office, they're given a budget. And they think that means that they have authority and they begin to act like a rhino in a restaurant. And my goal was, um, you know, you can be one of two things. You can be a rhino that was invited to dinner and sought after or you can be a rhino on a plate being served for dinner and that's (laughs) what happens sometimes you know when you step out there and you haven't earned that authority but you think you have and you start trying to run people over um that works in the church but it works in the business world this whole concept the book was designed for uh, a mentorship relationship the the chapters are four or five pages long but at the end of each chapter, there's three activity questions for the the uh, younger person in the relationship or less experienced person to work through. And then there's three questions for them to ask their mentor about the subject that they've discussed. So read a chapter a week, meet for breakfast, meet over coffee, coffee, and then talk about right. it Right. and hopefully build a relationship. And, and for me, that happened naturally with a friend of mine. Um, uh, and really the idea for this germinated, um, when I was still in Sepulpa and learning so much from my mentor, I thought I need to start writing some of this stuff down. Yeah. So that's how it started.
0: Yeah. And before we get too far down here, how can they get the book?
2: Well, the book is available out, out on Amazon. and just, we, I self-published it out there. It's just Rhino for dinner. So easy to go out to amazon.com and search Rhino for dinner, uh, Paige Cole, P-A-G-E. I'm a boy, so I spell it like a boy.
0: Um, So, so, so if you're local, he'll drop it off at your house. What Absolutely. For me.
2: Just, just call me and I'll <laughs> just run it over.
0: Uh, I love it. So, it. Hey, back on what you're talking about. Spot on. I mean, and I guarantee you, Paul, we'll have some comments here. I mean, I cannot agree with you more. I've been around for a long time and, uh, I look at different people this rhino concept. You have to connect with people and earn their respect and trust. Paul, what do you think?
1: Yeah, I think Tommy, we always talked to and and again me being the older I used to say as a leader, you want your people to follow you into the foxhole, right? So that uh, growing up through that era of uh, coming out of uh, World War II and in Vietnam, it's it's just leadership. You 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 don't want to push them into the process, you want to be able to pull them into the process. So and fun. I
0: can tell you, Paige, uh, and Paul's very humble, he is one of the top guys to lead teams. I have I have people that will well, tell cool. me about Paul. He's spectacular, and uh, he does this stuff, and you want to run through a wall for him. And uh, so, so, Paige...
2: What, so let me ask you a question. What does he do well? What's, what's the thing that he's taught you the most?
0: Well, Paul's just uh, empathetic, number one. He listens. He genuinely wants to know how you're doing. And if you have an issue, he will reflect and ask questions. He's just masterful. And he, he, you sense it out of his pores. He didn't read it. And no, no offense. He didn't read it in a book. He, he has this. And, uh, at some point you just melt and like, Hey, this guy's got my back. He, I don't have to worry about this boss's Going to cover for me, right? And as a as as somebody out in the world, you're a little bit scared, right? You have anxiety, and you have this boss like Paul that's there for you, and so it's just a, a good feeling when you have a leader like him that he doesn't have an agenda. He's there to to
1: help and coach. Well, yeah, I well, think that's I'm better too. I'm going to leave the podcast now because I don't think it can get any better than that. <laughs>
2: Well, it could get a little better, Paul. What what about Tommy? What about him as a leader? Evidently, you've influenced him.
1: I have, and and Tommy has a lot of those same qualities. And and what I like about Tommy a little bit more than than I think what he adds to it is his aggressiveness to to work with and, and help those people along the way and kind of move them into the path uh, that they need to move so they can be successful. I think he does that very well. Yeah,
0: and that's that's a good point. But let, let's, Nate. I don't want to make it about me and Paul today, Paige. I, I got a question about this. I mean, this book is awesome. We have a lot to cover here. So, I love this line: "Learn to keep your mouth shut. Listen, listen, listen." <laughs> and then it says it's okay to not have an opinion. Talk, talk about that.
2: Well, you know, th- there's there's uh, six sections in the book. The first one is that you're talking about is the section on communication. And, you know, I, I when I was in seminary, I didn't go to seminary like most guys did. A lot of guys go to four years of college, they move straight to Fort Worth, and then they're in three and a half, four years of seminary. I went straight to work in, in the church, and I went to uh, the seminary extension on the OBU campus in Shawnee. So I drove down there all day long on Monday, every day for five years. And uh, so I'm I'm dealing with a lot of guys that are already in ministry. They weren't full-time students. And and what one of the most powerful lessons I learned from those guys was, uh, it's okay not to have an opinion. I'm, I'm sitting around lunch between classes, you know, and one of these old guys. I remember his name was Tooney Rop, and he was pastoring a little church out in Cloud. And and I was talking about somebody griping at my church about something. He said, "Son, listen, you don't have to have an opinion on everything." And he said, sometimes just listen and nod your head. And and this was a guy that'd been around a while. And and I think especially young adults, we are so when we're young, we're so eager to prove ourselves to our boss, to our clients, to our our church members, if that's your your area you're serving in. And sometimes we just need to listen and uh, learn. We don't have to to have an opinion or a judgment or a response. We can just soak it in. Um, But communication is an area that a lot of young leaders struggle in because they haven't taken the time to learn to shut their freaking mouth. You know, you'll you'll learn so much more if you'll ask some questions. You know what? You know what I found out, Tommy and, and Paul, that that the number one similar trait among young leaders when it comes to communication is this they're usually fantastic at waiting for their turn to talk they're not listening as a matter of fact they're processing and they're not even hardly paying attention to what you're saying they're they're waiting for their turn to jump in and talk and so they're missing so much
1: you know and- page I find that real interesting because in our industry, the same in hydraulics, right? We got a lot of young salesmen and half the lessons, I know Tommy has gone through this same as I is telling the young salesman, when you're meeting with an engineer, you don't have to show him or tell him how much, you know, you need to listen to him so you can figure out what the, what you're going to do in the solution and take it from there.
0: Yeah. It's a listening, uh, skill that a lot of salespeople don't have the old, line was uh diagnosed before you prescribe right and diagnosing is question after question tell me more tell me more and then the you know prescribing or in our case the solution is is simple at that point now Paige I'm going to jump around a little bit but this chapter six what you ask not to be repeated will be repeated I love that and then I circled this it was Socrates got it right. he said strong minds discuss ideas, average minds dis- discuss events. I love that and then the the weak minds discuss people. That is oh my goodness I yeah. I love let me,
2: that let me tell you what. we all work with with people and we work with people we trust. And you know we don't when we come into private information or sensitive information, sometimes we we think to ourselves, I'm not going to share this to everybody, but we tell one person or we tell two people and we say, now, don't tell anybody. I'm going to share <laughs> this with you. And you know what? They're not going to tell everybody, but they're going to tell one or they're yeah. going to tell two. And they're going to say, now, don't tell everybody this. They go like, Okay, I won't. But they're going to tell one or they're going to tell two. And before long, there's a whole lot of people that know. And so, we, so you just need to understand that if you don't want something repeated, don't say it because it's going to get repeated unless you tell the person what you want to say and then kill them. Yeah. Which is not a good option, obviously it's going to get repeated somewhere. So you just have to be very cautious about what you share because people are going to, and they're not doing it, in their own minds, none of us do it because we think we're being dishonest. We're, As a matter of fact, we have these little conversations in our head or maybe it's just me because I have multiple voices in there. But, you know, I say, I, you know, I'm not telling everybody, but this is a person I trust and they're going to keep this in confidence. And and we, we have this little moral conversation with ourselves. I'm really seeking counsel. I'm really seeking some wisdom on how to do this. No, you're not. You're gossiping, you know? And so um, just be careful, learn. And it's really important in church life to say, you just need to keep your mouth shut sometimes, and and um, if you want to be a person who's trusted, then keep that stuff to yourself.
0: Well, what's interesting if you take it even deeper is you think like I've been in these situations, and and what, why are you telling this person? What is it about it the the psychology of it? I mean, you know, I think about that page like what what is motivating you to tell this person?
2: What what do you think it is?
0: I don't know. I, I I think it's a little bit of look at me. I got I, I have information, and it makes me feel special or something. Maybe okay. I I don't, I don't know. I'm grasping.
2: Okay. My microphone is on my headset. If it wasn't, I would pick it up and drop it. Mike, drop on what you just said because that's it. I think it's a power thing. We share stuff because not because we're seeking advice, not because we're seeking counsel, not because we're trying to get the other person help because it, it's a power thing for us. We want other people to know, look at me, someone shared this information with me. Doesn't that make me wonderful? Well, the other, I, think, I think you nailed it.
0: I think the other thing, Paige, it just popped into my head. This never, I, I never forgot this when you told me this one day. And I, it's not even in your book, it might be, but this is profound. So this notion, I was talking with you about something. And we're talking about people falling short and you know drugs alcohol divorce whatever and you looked at me and you said I err on the side of mercy and grace that's just what I do tom so talk about that cuz you you told me that one day that never never left me
2: well you know i got to be honest the last thing i want is everybody knowing every one of my mistakes every one of my screw ups I taught my children um, four rules of life. Now, these are deep. So you all might want to take some notes here. OK, this is <laughs> deep. stuff. Now, rule number one, I taught my children growing up is people are stupid. Now, that explains a lot in life. If you just remember, people are stupid. <laughs> then rule number two is people are weird. OK, well, that that's that's pretty normal for us to accept that. Number three, sometimes people just suck. OK, and in the Christian world, you say people are sinful. But rule number four wraps a bow around it. And that is I'm a person too. So sometimes I'm stupid. I'm weird. I suck. So I need to learn to live life with grace and I need to measure my actions and my words with mercy because I'm going to need to be on the receiving end of that because I'm still a work in progress too. You know what? I I can always come back if I find out more information later and there needs to be a little bit more direct approach a little bit more confrontation, a little bit more even judgment. That when I'm dealing with somebody, I supervise and and that's fine. But you know, when you when, if you overreact, it's kind of hard to pull those reins back in. If you if you overspeak, it's time you you can't pull those words back. So uh, that that's my approach mainly because I remember never will forget my mom. My mom always had these little sayings. She used to crack me up. She said, "Son, crow tastes awful." I'm like, what the flip are you talking about? She said, people will say I had to eat crow. Well, that just was an old slang saying that meant I had to eat my words. I said something I shouldn't have said, and I had to go back and apologize and make amends. on. And she said, it tastes nasty. And so she said, there's a reason people don't kill crows and eat them because they are nasty tasting bird. She said, learn to slow your words so you don't have to apologize, eat your words, go back and make make up ground so uh that's just the, the approach that I, I try and take
0: and paul one time i asked him his philosophy on this paul you you talked about the same thing you see the good in people talk about a little bit paul on that
1: well i've been lucky enough tom as you know to travel around and and i started traveling at a real early age and and i've just always been interested in people and it's just you know, there there's always good there right and then uh, uh, with a friend, I know we used to talk and we'd, we'd always, uh, you know, mention problems and stuff. And the other thing I, I, I learned and, and we talked about is you never say never. I mean, you never say never, because guess what? In your lifetime, and, and I've had a long one, th- that never comes up to, to kick you you know where. So then you have to go to the mercy part that, uh, you know, Paige is talking about, because uh, that's where you throw out the empathetic cushion and, and work your way into helping.
0: So so Paige, uh the other thing I've noted here, I just talked about Lou Holtz, uh Christian people or in business, spiritual truth, all out and none in dries you up. Talk about that. Oh man,
2: I, I'm telling you, uh I I saw this early on in my ministry, and then I experienced it later in my ministry. The greatest wounds in in pastors' lives, and you guys can testify to this in in the corporate world as well. The greatest wounds in in an individual's life are usually self inflicted, and it's when we burn the candle at both ends and we try and light the middle, and, and doing so little, if any, to feed ourselves, to find some time to to relax, to recreate. You know, that word recreate comes from two words, recreate. And to learn to feed our soul, um, whether that's through meditation or reading the scripture or listening to music or playing golf or gardening or, you know, going to dinner with friends. There's got to be some time where we're pouring back into our cup. If I mean, people say, oh, I just thrive on work. I just thrive on work. I understand that. I do too. I'm a little bit of a workaholic as well, but there has to be something that's pouring back into our soul. That's who we're meant to be. I I come from a a specific worldview, uh, from a Christian worldview, an evangelical worldview. I believe the Bible is literal. I think God created the world in seven days and I don't apologize for that. The seventh day was a day of rest. We need to have, a sabbath day a sabbath we need to have a time in in our week where we are able to rest our mind rest our spirits rest our emotions and just recharge we're, we're not meant we're not created or designed to always be pouring out and the people that do are miserable and they end up burned out so
1: well, nah, interesting, I, yeah. tom about that one is think about it today in the business world right with emails I mean, you know, yeah. emails, you know, it was a little bit harder to communicate and stay in touch and everything today mm-hmm. in, in the business world, they never shut off. I mean, we're getting them. Yeah. We, we get them on weekends.
2: He's got a great call.
1: I call,
2: him, I call him my electronic
1: leash. Yeah. Uh, you know, it
2: chases you around. Um, yeah, there's no just, doubt. Uh, it, it just does. And uh, I used to, uh, you know, for a while after I came off staff at church, um, it was hard because I went from being involved with a staff of. 25 people to be in me and two part time people. Yeah. And so I lost a lot of social interaction. But as time went on, I would you know, call back to the church and I'm talking to my buddies that are working there. And I had one friend in particular, Chad, you know, Chad, uh, he's yeah. now the executive pastor there. One of my best friends in the world, one of the wisest people I've ever met. But man, Chad is hard to get a hold of sometimes. He just is on Fridays and Saturdays. You know why? Because he shuts off. Yeah. That's his time with his family. Mm-hmm. and and he's he's wise to protect that time. He's much better about it than I ever was. Yeah. And and I I'm proud of people that have the courage Yeah. to say I will protect my family and I will protect my own spirit. Well, and I
0: think that's, you know, get into the tactical side. I think you have to be intentional about it. So, you know, one of my favorite books is Atomic Habits and uh you know, he he talks about this. You have to be intentional. You have to think about the strategy of what you want to do so if this is the topic what is your day-to-day week-to-week strategy and be intentional about it or it won't happen so you know for me i like to get up at five o'clock in the morning and that's my time to just stare out the window and have some water and no tv i mean that's how that's what i do and sometimes My staff or somebody will call me and say, they'll say, they'll say, Tom, what are you doing? I said, I'm in the backyard staring at a leaf. And they're like, what'd you say? Yeah, I'm just staring (laughs) at a leaf. And they don't know what to say because, you know, I'm joking. But what I'm trying to say to them is sometimes you just got to stare at a leaf or stare at a tree and reflect on nature. Right, Paige?
2: You you know the, the there's a lost art when it comes to thinking, reflecting, meditating, and we're so we want to make a homework project out of it. We want to make a work project out of it. We want to bullet point it. We want to timeline it. And sometimes you you just need to experience the moment and um, enjoy it. Absolutely, absolutely.
0: Yeah, so go you know, I have a, I, a
2: picture, I, I have it on my task list. This is how funny it is to me. I have on my task list, meditate five minutes every day.
1: Yeah, yeah. so
2: so it's on my face every day, and it's like, oh crap! I just hit the ground running, and yeah. so it's 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 eleven o'clock in the morning, and I'll shut the door in my office, and I'll just sit down. And
0: I'll Absolutely, sit
2: down and it. I just need it. I got to have it.
0: And I'm the same way. In the morning, I, I do my thing, and uh, most of the time, I. I get it done, but it's because there's no distractions. I don't look at my phone, so on and so forth. So going back to the book, uh, there's a couple other things that that I noted. Uh, in section three, want to wanna be a pro, then be a pro. The little things do count. What were you saying there? You know,
2: that whole chapter is just on, on personal excellence. I, you know, I started out in student ministry. Uh, you know, when I felt I was at, at False Creek, it's an Oklahoma Baptist church camp. It's actually, I don't know if you knew this, Tom. But oh, I've been there. False Falls Creek is the largest church camp in the world. And, uh, in, in, you know, they have uh, Oklahoma seven weeks. They There's a Texas week. There's a Native yeah. American week. Whatever. Anyway, uh, six, 8,000 people a week. Great, great camp. But that's where I felt like God was calling me to work in, in Christian ministry. And I didn't know what I was gonna do. Uh little did I know one day I would come to First Baptist Church of Wasso as the minister of lay mobilization. I don't know what the heck that was. I thought in my charge of the bus ministry, I, I have no idea. But that you know, I, I I knew that uh when I first started out as a student minister, I had never done this before. I was clueless. And thankfully I had people pouring into my life that said to me, Paige. The details matter. Do little stuff right. It's a biblical principle that if you're faithful with little, you'll be given much. Okay. The little stuff really does matter. And so don't ever let the words flop out of your lips. Well, that's not my job description. That's ridiculous. Don't ever say that. Um, uh, You know, put stuff down brainstorm, see how I can, how I can set myself up to be a a notch above, a step above, a a level above by my own performance. I can't control everybody else, but I can, I can work on me. And so I'm going to try and do everything that I can. I sent a, a note out last week. My buddy, Jeff Wilson, um, uh, is, is working for, um, uh, Jeremy Kupchak. They're the ones that took over John Maxwell's uh, leadership impacts things. And and Jeff used to be the the youth minister at First Patrick Broken Arrow years ago. And just a real dear friend. And I sent him a note and said, hey, I've been reflecting on people that influenced in my ministry when I was younger. And you were one of those people. He and I rode seminary for two and a half years together. But I remember going to an event, a weekend event, uh, where he invited a bunch of youth ministers in and we stayed in. You know, he gave me, I think I had seventh grade boys and I had 15 seventh grade boys in a home and I taught them over the weekend and we'd go to the church for big stuff. I, I watched Jeff at this event. He had 300 students at his event. Okay. He had almost as many people at his youth event that I had my, at my church. And I watched the details that he did to take care of his leaders, of his, his local sponsors, his kids, the unique stuff stuff that he did that just, I'm thinking, I, would, I never would have slowed down to think to do that. And and all of it came together. And I saw how other people he was leading had done some of those same things because he had influenced them to take their leadership level to the, the next step. I just think if we want to, to make an impact, we've got to be those kinds of people. The little things matter.
0: Yeah. Going back to this uh, desire to for self-improvement and get better. And as an individual <laughs> talk about this page, I, this is one of my things that I, I wonder and th- and think about with people. Uh, you know, the funny thing about myself is I'm screwed up. As you know, I got a lot of problems and, and, and everybody does, but I'm minor unique to myself. And, and anytime I get coaching or fair, whatever, I I'm pretty open. Like I'll just dump it on their lap and say, yep, there it is. Let's focus on how to fix me now. And then many times people will be like, Oh, wait a minute. I had four sessions set up for you to open up and you did it in 10 minutes. So, but there's other people out there that I found page. And I want you to tackle this. Why are there people on this planet that refuse to say I'm screwed up and they act like they're perfect. they I call it pride but how how would you frame that page well uh, you know
2: i think i think honestly pride and fear are two sides of the same coin um, I, I think sometimes people are too proud maybe they, they they don't they truly don't believe that that they have significant flaws with their lips they would say i know i have areas i need to grow in but i think i'm doing pretty good and they and they're convinced of that um on the other side of that coin though there are people who are terrified um, uh, because I've been that person. I, I for years. I thought somebody's going to wake up and realize what have we done bringing this guy here? He he doesn't have a clue, and they're going to get rid of me. But I think there there are people who live in constant fear that yeah. worry about it, and so they're afraid to to do to look for self improvement to to open up about their flaws or their weaknesses because they're afraid they're giving somebody the club that they will then in turn use to beat them over the head yeah. with it. Um, and, and so whether it's your narcissism about yourself or whether it's uh, insecurities that, yeah. that, that either yeah. one of them, they're just huge boulders in the way of of self-improvement and
0: success. Yeah, I agree. Pay or Paul, what do you think about that?
1: I, I absolutely agree with that. You got to keep sharpening the tools as they say, to keep, to, to keep going. And, I, I know when I uh, Tom uh, helped me get a job at a, a industry that I was unfamiliar with, and I remember the first time speaking in front of that group, the fear.
0: <laughs> I remember.
1: You remember that? I,
0: and I think he went after me, and I was like on Red Bull and fired <laughs> up.
1: <laughs> I I had that at what I called Elvis leg, my right leg just started yeah. shaking uncontrollably. But uh, yeah, yeah, I, I absolutely so. And I I I, do, don't I... you think? Don't
2: you think that it's implicit uh, on on us then as leaders? That when we do find people that that open up a little bit, that that we've got to be faithful and we've got to handle that information well, um, you know.
0: Right, uh, right.
2: I tell my staff at my I, these three offices when we've got conflict with a, a field staff, a caregiver, and they're they're trying to deal with it. You know, who do you normally have problems with? Is it your best caregiver or is it your problem children? Well, it's usually your problem children, and and so I say to them. As we're thinking through how do we address it, I say now here's how I want you to think through this. How would you deal with this if this was your favorite caregiver? How would you deal with that if this? Second, how would you want me to deal with this if it was you? Yeah. So so when when they do open up eventually, that we don't say, man, I'm so. Glad I've been looking for that opportunity to smack the head with club. Thank you for giving me the opportunity. It's one I've been waiting for. If, we, if we're leaders, we when they finally do, yeah, you know, ask for help, open up, they're vulnerable. Then, then,
0: yeah, you know,
2: we we need to do what good leaders do, and that's help them grow through it.
0: Protect their dignity, right? Don't absolutely rub their face in it. I had a person uh, that was my A player. And, but this person had one thing that just was disruptive. And one, one day we're together and I brought this person in and got a whiteboard and I drew a circle and I put 99% and 1%. Basically it was just the thickness of the marker. And I said, let's fill up this 99%. I I said, uh, unbelievable star, Great. And then I drew another circle. I said, this is Tom. And I put 60% 40. I said, the 60 is the good things I do. And I screw things up 40% of the time. But I said, however, you're this ninety-nine-one, And I brought you in here today to talk about the one. You know, so this person, I, I started that. I don't know if that's the right technique, but that's what I did. And this person just started crying. Like, because the one, this person already knew the one was there. So then we started talking about the one. And... You know? But you showed them. You showed them up front.
2: You have value. Yep. Yeah. You you contribute in ways you may not have even seen. I'm your boss. I'm your leader, and I want you to know yeah. you bring quality to us in these ways. But you, but there's there's an area here where I want to help you, yeah. and 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 just like sometimes people aren't aware of their weaknesses. Some I mean their strengths. Sometimes they're not aware of where their flaw is, and it is news to him believe it or not so uh, that yeah. no i think you handled it great i think that's a super way to do it
0: we had a guest on uh, i think it was bill paul he meant remember he he brought that up like you have to tell people how valuable they are to your group right paul
1: absolutely absolutely it, and it the the uh, team concept and he mentioned a couple things with the flyers on their way to the stanley cup so i absolutely i, I agree you know yeah.
2: tom that that goes back to you know the um when we're talking about the, the, uh, doing things with excellence and, and bringing people in and helping them to understand that, uh, the, that chapter on, um, it's important what the janitor thinks, you know, uh, church janitors, uh, can impact your ministry in pretty serious ways. I, but I never will forget after my dad, my dad was the president down at East central state university in Ada for a while. And he retired in, in, uh, 2006. And, uh, Uh, not long after that, a couple of years after that, um, they were dedicating a building. He had spent a lot of time and effort over his last five years there raising money for it. Um, And they were dedicating it. So we were going to go to the celebration, but my dad had been diagnosed with, with uh, cancer, with brain cancer um, uh, about two months before. And so he was having some health difficulties. And so we went to this thing and, and uh, um, uh, we were at a, It it was a fine arts center. I went to a program that evening and my dad was starting to wear down. And he said, son, I think I'm ready to go. Um, uh, Won't you hang back with your mom? And I I told my wife, Rhonda, I said, walk down with dad, walk down out of the balcony and downstairs. And I'm helping my mom get down. And they're about 15 steps ahead of us. And so we get down there and I see my dad talking to one of the maintenance people. Now, remember, my dad hasn't been the president for about two and a half, three years. And he's talking to this, this custodian, a gentleman looked like he's in his late sixties. He's called him by name and he's talking to him and asking him about his grandchildren by name. Now that may not mean a lot to anybody, but I'm thinking my dad was the president of a four year university. He knew the janitor's first name and he knew his grandchildren by name. That ties back into the, I want to do things with excellence. Relationships are huge. I I'm going to to invest in people. All of those kinds of things that good leaders do. That stuff matters. All that stuff matters about the type of person you are not just the organization or the people you lead.
0: Yeah, there's no shortcuts on the farm and and no. you, know, you know, you brought up the the title. Who cares? Really? Do yeah. you res- do you respect that person, right? Yeah,
2: absolutely.
0: The, t- the title is going to get you short-term Uh, results, but that next level is you got to be inspired. I used to go to meetings that I'm not going to mention, but, uh, I'd leave just empty and I'd get on the airplane and I'd be like, that guy sucked, you know, like he's an idiot yet. He was CEO, (laughs) but I kept asking myself, why am I not inspired. And it's because the guy was a, 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 frankly, a a jackass and he didn't do those things. And, you know, he had the suit and the title. So in terms of being effective, is what you're talking about. If you really want to inspire thousands of people or even two people, uh, you have to start with those basics that you mentioned page.
1: Yeah. What I like that you mentioned there page too, is, and I, and I find it's a weakness right now with some of our I'm going to call them our young sales managers, right, is is going beyond the business world into the personal side of the business. I, I used to always try when I would travel with some of the young sales guys to make sure that if we were in their home area, that we would have one night that I would go to dinner with him and his wife and learn about their family and and take that's a great in business. And I can tell you today that I don't see enough of that. What I see is everybody's so hurried in business that they make the mistake of saying, okay, I'm going to travel with you Monday. I'm going to leave you on Thursday. Yeah. About that important part of getting to know the salesman and his family better. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I can't help myself, but you know, Paul was in Kansas city recently and didn't call me, but you know, <laughs> no big, no big deal. Killing me, Killing me. He, he's one of these guys. He should have not told me he was in Kansas city. Right. Oh, yeah, I've been traveling.
1: No, that's Yeah. <laughs>
0: No, that's funny though. He's, it's awesome. Uh, yeah. So in, in the section, section six, uh, big stuff, write these in stone. I'm going to focus on a couple sleep on it. I mean, I, I think I know where you're, I didn't read that, but I think I know where you're now, going with it. sleep uh, on it.
2: You know, the, I, I, on all these chapters, I put a quote at the front. And that quote was shared with me by Dr Walter kale Walter kale was a retired physician in my church at Sepulpa but Dr kale was actually a MASH doctor like this he he really was in Korea as a mash doctor he's one of the wisest people I've ever met in my life and um little short guy uh brilliant shock of white hair bright red complexion big old hook nose um and he just got he kind of leaned forward with it, walk when his elbows stuck out. You know, he he was a retired do- doctor. He delivered half the people in Spolpa, but he was loving the cowboy life as a retired doctor. And he was he was a deacon in our church and he we'd have big stuff come up. And he I, remember, I can't remember how many times I heard Doc say, we're trying to make a decision. He'd say, well, man, I think we probably ought to sleep on this one. I'll sleep on it, and 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 in my office, sitting down, and I I sought his counsel a lot. He'd say he'd talk it through with me. He'd banner around the options. He'd talk about consequences, and talk about relationships. He'd talk about big pictures, and he'd talk about what was right. And then at the end of the conversation, he'd say, "Well, son, this isn't an emergency, isn't it? Or is it?" And I'd say, "No, doc, it's not." And he'd say, "Well, then let's just sleep on it." And and that wisdom would save so many young people in business life and in church life and in marriages. If you would just shut your freaking mouth, don't move. It, you know, I understand sometimes life is critical. It moves fast and you have to make the quick decision. I know those times happen, but sometimes just sleep on it. All right, think it through, talk it through with the the, the wise counsel in your life and sleep on it. Give yourself a break to process And wake up tomorrow and think through it a little bit more. We just rush into things because not because they need to be done in a hurry, but because we're in a hurry. And I think it's a terrible way to to do life.
0: What's the part about rooms, chairs, pads are sacred?
2: You know what? Um, and, And this one translates over into the business world. Um. You may think, in in the church life, I remember um, every church I've been at, there's been a, uh, when I got there, there, there there's a church library, okay? And the church library is usually uh, the compilation of books that people had at their house that they didn't want anymore, and instead of throwing them away, which is what they should have done, they gave them to the church. And so you got this room full of books, and you got a lady that's the church librarian that's been there for uh, at the church for thirty or forty years, and she learned the Dewey Decimal System back when she was in high school in Godibo, Oklahoma, uh, fifty-five years ago. And she's going to make sure everybody else knows that because she's labeled every book. All right. As a youth minister, you might think that's stupid. You might think it's wasted space. You might think this is frustrating. Nobody's even using this. You need to step away. That library means something to some people. You may not like the the prayer room and the way that it's set up somebody donated money in honor of someone and that may not mean anything to you but it means something to someone else because they donated in honor of their yeah. husband their dead mom yeah. you better slow slow your roll the same thing yeah you may not you may think that the way a, a company their processes or their policies are stupid you better slow your roll because you may be, you may mouth off about something and figure out that the CEO came up with that because it was yeah. a suggestion his wife made and you just called his wife an idiot. So yeah, just, just be careful. Well, so I mean, is it's sacred.
0: What that tells that means you
2: can't ask questions and so just be careful.
0: Well, I've, I've stepped on this one. I mean, I've, I've done this. I was the poster poster child for how, how to do it, get it wrong. Cause my sense of humor, my sarcasm or my, you know, I I'm a smart aleck and I, I love to mess with people as you know, Paige. And, uh, as I've gotten older in certain situations, I just have to pull back and realize it's not always about being funny, Tom, and getting people to laugh cause you're crushing that person over there. And, yeah. you know, as I get older, people are noticing that and they're like, wow, you know, that, that day went well. And it's because I wasn't a smart aleck. And I remember back when I was 35 years old, I'd go in, I mean, I, you know how it is Paige. you've been, I I can just, both of us were quick witted Mm -hmm. and I'm constantly looking for an angle to mess with people. And so that is a selfish, uh, desire I've realized to be funny, and I I like having fun, but sometimes at the expense of others, right?
2: Yeah, I, I remember my son, my son Ben, proposed to his wife um, about four years ago, and down at, at uh, that park in downtown Tulsa, um, by the Tulsa Service Center, and then we met them downtown at the Mexican restaurant, and they, you know, we knew he was proposing. We were all there when he brought her, and she had three kids at that point. She had a seven, five, and three-year-old. We just we love those girls. They're our grandchildren. We just love them. And I never will forget. Um, I was sitting next to Addison. And she is, I'm telling you, she is just like my Ben. Her 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 dad now, Benjamin. But you couldn't tell that she's not his biological kid because they're both wild hairs. I'm just telling you. But she and I are poking fun and playing back and forth. And that's in the intro. My grandkids call me Batman. That's my grandpa name. And so she was teasing with me and I'm teasing with her. and. And uh, I, I don't. She made a face of some kind. and I go, "Ooh, that's ugly." And I saw the look on her face change, and her lips started quivering, and she just broke. And I broke her heart. And you couldn't have made me feel smaller or more horrible if you'd stuck a knife in my chest. And I was like, Addison, I'm so sorry. You're a beautiful baby. I was just teasing you. I was just playing. And you know what? We do that to real life adults. They yeah. just don't show it on the outside.
0: Well, and they, sometimes
2: you, when, we, when we do that, and we just got to be, you know, it's okay. I think it's okay, Tom. And 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 you guys tell me if you think I'm wrong. I think it's okay to ask questions. It's okay to, if you have a concern about something, it's okay. to Say, hey, tell me about this. And uh, you know, I'm I'm curious about it or or uh what is the value here? I'm missing this. Somebody explain this to me. Yeah, but hey, okay. I, mean, I
0: think going back to what you're saying though, uh, on this on people and that angle, what what we what you're saying, and I think we're both all of us are saying is people are deeply sensitive and insecure and they just don't show it all the time. They have a persona, and what you're what you're trying to say is. I mean, think about these books, how to win friends and influence people. They're playing right into that, right? I mean, it, yeah. it's people love that that being told that they're great or good looking or smart or what have you Paul? What do you think?
1: I agree with you, Tommy, and we've got a little bit of that going on uh, when you look at our, what we call our differences in woke versus uh, you know, some of our old thoughts and everybody today gets a trophy, right? I and 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 you're hesitant sometimes and sometimes too fast on the words where you where you eventually have to take them back and say, you know what I gotta I gotta dig deeper into this subject Well, and
0: it's fun when you get around people like Paige and Paul Bako because you guys know I could rip you to shreds, but you know that I love you. So it's fun when you do get around your 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 gang, let's say whoever. Uh, let it go, have fun, banter, you know, all that that's stuff built in that built on a pretty
2: solid foundation Absolutely. Of, of relationship and time when you've got relationship, which is experience. And then uh, I mean, time, which is experience and relationship, which I guess is also time because you've invested it there. There's trust, though, Um. sometimes when we walk in, you know, if you if you walk into a, you guys, you walk into a, a boardroom somewhere for a meeting. And you see some horrendous, god-awful piece of art on the wall, and you go, What is that hideous thing? And the guy goes, My wife and painted that.
1: (laughs) You're like, Yeah
2: crap. You know, yeah, there's just well, that's an interesting piece of art. Where'd that come from? There's a there's a lot of ways we can ask the same questions without slicing people apart. And then you know, the guy might answer, oh, my daughter-in-law painted that and, and my wife may be hanging up here. I hate that. And yeah. then you can chime in and, and jump on the pile. That's okay. But but we really do have to be very cautious about ruining the people that we're, we're trying to
0: to work with or work for.
1: Yeah, I I, I I go ahead, Paul. Well, I was just going to say, Paige, and what's interesting today, especially for Tommy and I in business, is today more than ever. I mean, when I first started in business, you didn't have to worry about the global Uh, you know, inclusion in different cultures. Well, you look at the company I work for today. We have 19 locations throughout the world. Tommy, I know, has the same. So there are cultural differences that you need to understand as well.
0: Well, and I was going to say uh, the thing that I picked up the last few years, I, I, I don't know who it was. I think it was FedEx or somebody has this mantra about every exchange with A customer, an employee, employee, a boss, every exchange in your life, try to make it the most effective where the other person says, wow, that was a good meeting. And so what I try to do before a critical meeting, I try to think about like, okay, I have to think about this. Okay, Tom, slow down, listen, listen. You know, what are you trying to accomplish here? And sometimes, you know, back in the day, I'd come in so hot, meaning I'd just come in with adrenaline. And the whole team would be just silent and stare at me and say, okay, so anything else, Tom? And I would just take all the air out of the room, which I'm capable of doing, but I'm not effective in that. So I've been really trying, not there yet, to have that pause before these important meetings. What do you think, Paige?
2: You know, Tom, that's there's such wise counsel. I th- I learned way back. I, I man, I had air sugar. I know it's hard for you to believe, but. Way back when I, I moved to First Baptist Church of Pulp as a youth minister, I was 24 and a half years old. You had to be 25 to drive the church van. I couldn't even drive the church van for youth things when I first got there. But my boss was the minister of education, uh, Bill Pierce. Now, he, and he's been my lifelong mentor. Dr. Pierce is the president of Baptist Retirement Villages of Oklahoma. They've got 18 campuses, something like that around the state. But he's poured into my life. He's a dear friend. But uh, I, I just remember you know, when I would have conflict, whether it be with a worker or a student or, you know, someone else in the church, I talk to him about it and he would pull out his pad and he'd start writing. And I'm like, this is rude. I'm trying to talk to you. And, and what I learned from him is the value of planning your conversations. Um, you know, now, I mean, uh, wh- whether I was on church staff or in my own business, you know, if I'm going to sit down to have a, a disciplinary meeting, a planning meeting, doesn't matter. I'm going to have a set of bullet points there in front of me that I've brainstormed, written down through, talked through, and then guess what? Go back to it, meditated on and thought about. And I've tried to put myself in that person's uh, position. What if someone was having this talk with me? And I temper that so that when I go into the meeting, I'm not just cutting loose and then going, man, I wish I'd said that different. Man, I wish I had. I wish I hadn't forgotten to say this.
0: Absolutely. So,
2: yeah, I think that's what what you said is spot on as far as dealing effectively with people.
0: Yeah. So the book is Rhino for Dinner. Page Cole, P A G E Cole, C O L E. So we're gonna wrap it up here. Uh, man, time flies. It was awesome, and I just wanted to throw it out to you. First of all, did we leave any critical points off? And then. What's going on with you now? Because you're not done, right? You still got some stuff going on in life. No,
2: no. I'm, I've typically got uh, five or six projects working right now. We're working on one, and we're, we don't know if, if we're doing it as a group project at the church or if I'm just doing it myself. You know, the church is reading through the Bible together this year, and um, I'm working on a devotional book called Power Verses. I just think there's some verses in the Bible that just jump off the page at you, and, and uh, so I'm trying to, to write a devotional book on them. Uh, uh, uh and pick those verses out and then to to say, okay, so we're we're reading these verses these verses are important but then how do I apply that to my life and obviously um, one of the ways that we can apply stuff to our life has to do with uh, if Jesus was going to look at us and say, um, here's important stuff for you uh how do you apply it? Well he had you know the two great Commandments um uh you know, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, strength, and mind, and love your neighbors yourself. So the, the devotional book will, will say, here's the devotion. And then first, heart matters. What does it say about how my heart should feel? Soul centers. What about my soul should move? Mind boggles. How should my mind think? Strength steps. What what should I do to show love for others? And then neighbor nudges. How how can I interact with others? Great verses. And I'm loving this journey as God is showing stuff. Tommy, here's the verse for you. Are you ready for this one? This don't get you going. First Chronicles 11, 22, talking about the dude named Ben Aniah. We'll just call him Ben. He also went down into a pit on a snowy day and killed a lion. What kind of crazy man in the Bible takes on a challenge where he chooses to go down into a pit on a snowy day and kill a lion? That's a pretty powerful verse when you think about how is God using you in this world to make a difference? Okay, that's pretty one. This Second Chronicles twenty one twenty. Oh, Tommy, this is a good one. He passed away to no one's regret. How would you like that to be on your tombstone? He passed away to no I one's regret. I love it. I love it. I mean, so this has been a good journey for me, where God is saying, "Hey, here is some powerful things I've said in the Scripture," and so I want to, I want, I want that to be that. Uh, Paul mentioned iron sharpening those tools. I want to let those verses sharpen my life and and make me a, a better husband, a better a uh, father, a better grandfather, a better person on this planet. And so that's my next project. That's what I'm in the midst of right now. And and I'm, I've asked our pastoral staff if they would join me in writing these devotions. And and so we're going to see if, if we're going to yeah. do those.
0: So nice what we're going to do, Paige, we'll have you back at some point, and you can talk about that. Paige, do you, or I knew it happened. Paul, anything yeah. in closing here?
1: No, I, I'm looking forward to uh, that conversation as well. This has been awesome, interesting, and yeah. again— I come away learning something. Educate. Yeah,
0: which yeah I, my Bible verse I page. and you'll be impressed. Jesus wept. I mean, I I got that that's, one down. Yeah. You know, that's,
2: that is that is a great one. I am here <laughs> to tell you that's a powerful one. And and it's a hard one to memorize. It takes, it took me about two months, but I got that one finally.
1: So, so go ahead. Well, what I was going to say is where I got sharpening the tool was from uh, Dr. Stephen Covey. But the one yeah. I always with my kids. And, and still do today is live your life like you want to be present at your own funeral.
0: Right. You know? Yeah.
1: Always like that one.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So thanks page. Awesome. Uh, you took time out of your day. I appreciate, uh, the free book and, and also the, the time on, uh, the podcast. So thanks for listening today. Spread the word. Be sure to, to subscribe to the show. Please share with your friends and family. And uh, we'd love your feedback on oldbulls at outlook.com. Oldbulls at outlook.com. Thank you.